in today's show. We're going to recap all of the action from Sunday in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Check out PricePicks.com, use the promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Let's get to some news. Kyle Anthony Towns suffering that tailbone issue. It looks like he could be returning pretty soon, which is great news. He's questionable for Monday's action, as is Patrick Beverly, as is, unfortunately, D'Angelo Russell on the negative side of things. But the fact that Towns and Ryan Beverly could be returning... Uh, obviously helps. If Beverly is available, go and grab him. Um, Naz Reed's worth a streamer if Towns does happen to be out, but it doesn't look like a long-term injury for Towns, which is great, great news, considering that you know, we always worry about those sort of things with our stud players. We also had an injury scare with CJ McCollum over the weekend with a rib injury. Uh, X-rays were negative, and he's just got a rib bruise, and he's listed as probable. We know that Damian Lillard's out. Anthony Simons is also out for the Blazers, but having McCollum back obviously helps. It decreases the value of guys like Ben McLemore, who could get, yeah, fill into a, a scoring role there. But uh, Dennis Smith Jr. is going to be a really interesting option for the Blazers. But some pretty good news to have both CJ and Towns trending towards um, playing and uh, not missing more time, while Beverly and Nasir Little in Portland um, coming back earlier than anticipated. Great news when we get those uh, those earlier returns than we anticipate. I was going to do an I request elaboration today, but I've, I've noticed a few people not necessarily enjoying those segments, and they do take time. Like they're like a six or seven minute segment usually, and it takes me way longer than that to prepare. But you know, when I when I look at it, I go, I'm not sure whether this is actually providing um, value in this sort of a setting. So at this point, I'm putting those segments on, on hold. I might bring them back, but I just wasn't sure the time involvement from me and for you to listen and watch to it was worth what it was bringing. I'll think of things that we can chuck in maybe there instead. But at this point, um, elaboration is on hold. Watfo isn't. And we've got a Watfo from DWill2019. And DWill2019 says, what are the odds that Cleveland makes the playoffs? Really, really good one. This was sent before the game today where they narrowly went down to the Jazz by one point. At the moment in the Eastern Conference, the Cavs are seventh. They've got a 13 and 11 um, record, which is the same as the Celtics in sixth. And it is one game, or half a game ahead of the Hawks in 10th. They are one and a half games ahead of the Knicks who are out of the play-in at the moment. I think if you look at the teams ahead of them, the Nets, the Bulls, the Bucks, the Heat, I think all of those teams are going to be ahead of Cleveland. But the other teams ahead of them are the Celtics and the Wizards. I think the Cavs are going to be better than the Wizards somehow. I think the Cavs have a chance to be better than the Celtics, although looking behind them, the Sixers, the Hawks, and the Hornets can all come up, as can the Knicks. So it is going to be tough. I think the Cavs are probably going to finish in the 7-10 to 10 range and yeah, then have a chance at the play-in. 
I've given them a 53% chance of making the playoffs. They don't have to make the playoffs outright. They just have to make it into the final eight so they can get in through the play So I'm giving them a 53% chance of making the playoffs, which I never, ever thought I would do at the beginning of the season. But the bloke pitcher there, Darius Garland's playing out of his mind. Evan Mobley is great. Jared Allen is playing amazingly. Kevin Love in his role. Ricky Rubio in his role, really doing some good stuff despite the absence of Colin Sexton. Some might say, because of the absence of Colin Sexton, these guys are playing much better. But maybe that wouldn't be me that would say that. Some may. Now, that's where we sit. So drop your, what do you think about the Cavs making the playoffs? But also drop your Watfo for the next show. Drop that down below in the comments here. Uh, here on YouTube, drop them, uh, yeah, drop that below for me. So let's look at the first game of the day. It does involve those Cleveland Cavaliers. They go down to the Utah Jazz. Um, what was it? 108 to 109. So a really, really tight finish. They went on a gigantic run in the I think third quarter, maybe fourth quarter it was, um, to get back into this. It was fourth quarter, 15-0 run at one point. 109 Utah. Uh, let's talk about Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Gobert was fantastic. He only had six points and on six shots, but 20 rebounds. He had five blocks and a steal. Gobert is the 10th ranked player over the last two weeks, and he's 22nd this season. He has just been fantastic. Outside of a little slump earlier on, this seems to happen every year with Gobert. You get the comments, where are the blocks? Why isn't he blocking shots? And then he just comes in uh, and goes bananas, which is basically what he's doing at the moment. Don Mitchell was great, 35.6 assists and four threes, while Conley, really solid, 11 points, but added six assists, had three threes, had four steals. Conley's the 45th-ranked player over the last two weeks. He's 52nd this season. There are, there are literally dickheads out there that dropped him, and I apologize if you are one of those dickheads, but it was a dumb move. Uh, I don't understand why he did it. I know he sat it back-to-back, but man, he's got to be held. Rudy Gay, really solid from Rudy. 15 points, 8 rebounds, 3 threes. Extra minutes because Hassan Whiteside was out, so they played him at the backup five, and I think that's almost his best position at this point. His presence, though, has really impacted Joe Ingles and Jordan Clarkson. I don't think that Ingles or Clarkson are 12-team league guys. Ingles, I'm certain about. Clarkson, I know he's rostered in basically every league. I don't know why. He's the 178th ranked player this year. He's 201st over the last two weeks. His scoring can be useful, but with Gay coming in, his usage has dropped. His efficiency's in the toilet. It has been for basically a whole season now. Start of last year, he was great. Second half, he was bad. I don't think there's any point in holding him outside of like streaming in for points and threes. He might fit exactly what you want to do, and in your specific punt categories, he makes sense as the 100th best player. That might be true. But as a general over, overwhelming thing or overruling sentiment on Clarkson, he's not must roster. Dig in, see if it makes complete sense for what you're trying to do. But yeah, there are guys where I go Conley and go, well, it doesn't depend on your punt bill. It doesn't depend on any of this shit. Like, he's must roster. Clarkson is not that. It is very dependent on what your team looks like as to whether you hold him. Royce O'Neal, 37 minutes for old Basmati. 12 points with four threes and six rebounds. Solid production across the board. He's top 100 somehow over the past two weeks. I don't necessarily believe that he is a 100% must roster guy. But those numbers would tell me that he is. So if you want him, have him. I think he's going to be that guy that's, when it comes fantasy playoffs time, has the value. Because at fantasy playoffs time, you're not playing for upside. You're not playing for hopes of trades or injuries or any shit like that. You're just going, who's going to give me the numbers right now? And that's who O'Neal is. But now when I look at him, the upside's limited. So if I want to just cycle through guys to try and hit on a top 50, top 60 guy, then he becomes expendable in, in that sort of situation. 
16 points for Bogdanovich, but not a lot else going on there. While for the Cavs, Darius Garlo Garland was great. 31 points, 5 threes, 5 assists, 4 steals, and a block. He is, hold on to your dicks, the 11th ranked player over the last two weeks. He is now 25th for the season. I think he's a top 20 player rest of the year. The usage is up. His efficiency is good. He's getting steals. He's hitting threes. His assists are fantastic. I really love him. I think he's a great player. Jarrett Allen. He's been amazing. 17 and 10. Two steals, two blocks. And did it without shooting 80% from the field. 58%. Usage remains really high for Allen. 20% for Jarrett Allen is a huge number. I was a big fan of Jarrett Allen in Brooklyn. It was ridiculous to me that DeAndre Jordan played over him. I lost a little bit of steam on how much I love Jarrett Allen heading into this season. Uh, but he's proven me wrong on that. Like, he's back to the guy that I thought he could be maybe two years ago. He looks fantastic. And Mobley, again, just really being strong. 14 and 12, a triple one. Only 38% shooting, so it could have been a better night from him. He's a top 50 player this season. Um, comfortably the best rookie in the NBA for fantasy and for real life purposes in my mind. While is Isaac Okoro had six points. He hit two threes. That's great. But he is only like a 20-team fantasy guy. Struggle from Larry Markkinen, 35 minutes, 9 points. We still hold him, while Kevin Love, he was playing at such an insane rate that there was going to be a drop-off, and it came pretty hard. Uh, that's what she said. 3 points in 19 minutes with a 3 on 17% shooting for Kevin Love. Yeah, I understand holding him, but it is always hard for me to look at a bloke playing 21 minutes and think that they're must roster, because it's very easy for shit to go wrong in those limited minutes. Uh, the Discman played 21 minutes, 11 points for CD Arsman. Two threes, four assists, and two steals for him. I think he's got maybe some value as a 12-team league guy, Osman, but it's more streaming versus um, must roster. But good to see him put up a really, really positive performance like that. And it's going to be also good for me to tell you about Price Picks because Price Picks is what DFS should be. It is daily fantasy made easy. Price Picks is the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Not like those other NBA DFS prop guys. They're all frauds. Pricepix has all the superstars, plus the bench guys that only get a handful of minutes. Any prop you can think of, points, assists, steals, threes, blocks, whatever it is, Pricepix have it. So go sign up, use the code NBA, get 100% match deposit bonus up to 100 bucks, And it's easy. You pick between two to five players. You just go over, under on their prop. Add them together, and you can win up to 10 times your entry. And it doesn't just have to be basketball. You can throw multiple sports into the one entry. Entries are easy, under 60 seconds. Withdrawals and payouts are fast, super reliable as well. So don't hesitate. Head to pricepicks.com or download the app and use that code NBA. Pricepicks is daily fantasy made easy. This is a familiar problem. We all suffer it. We watch our sports live on one device. And then we've got to log into something else to watch our on-demand favorites. And then we've got highlights that we watch on our phone. And not to mention our neighbor's login for the other stuff. What an absolute joke this is. Well, I want to tell you about a great way to get all of the shows you love in one place and finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. And it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite shows, sports, and movies all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. The best part? There is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can find out more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required and content varies by package. Let's go on to the second game of the day. The Washington Wizards go down to the Raptors 102.90. In the end, it wasn't really even as close as that. Uh, the Raptors had this one covered pretty quickly. Um, early on, the, the scores here looked pretty rough. So the Raptors get the win. Let's talk talk Washington first. Um, Contavious Corpope was great. 26 points on 89% shooting. He's almost a top 50 player over the last two weeks. 
I think you have to have him in 12-team leagues. I don't believe in this. Like, this is a hot streak that I don't believe continues. He's 115th for the year. But for now, while he's playing like this and shooting this well and providing points and threes and steals, there's value. I don't think it lasts, though. The future MVP had nine points, Kyle Kuzma. He had a triple one with seven rebounds and four assists. Poor shooting, but okay across the board production. Still not a top 100 player this year, and I don't think he's going to get there. In points leagues, a lot more value for Kuzma. He had 29 here. While Gafford had really early foul trouble, still ended with 4.6 boards and two blocks, but only played 15 minutes. A strong hold for me. While Harold played a lot of those minutes because Gafford got in foul trouble. Now, Harold's minutes have been well down. He had six points. 14 boards is nice, but missed both his free throws. That early season tear where he was like the 15th ranked player for a stretch is long, long in the rearview mirror. 155th over the last two weeks, 75th for the season. This is turning more into the area we thought he'd be in that 90 to 120 sort of range. I don't know what the hell happens when Tom Bryant returns. If Gafford didn't get in foul trouble, will Harrell have played 22 minutes again? Maybe. He has really dropped off. And if you want to talk about dropped off, Bradley Beal. 120th ranked player over the last two weeks, Bealow is. 14 points, 7 assists, 35 minutes. He's probably going to be featured on my buy low, sell high show tomorrow. But do not do not confuse this. He is not a uh, top 10 player or a top 20 player at this point. I don't think he's going to get there. The shooting is just way off. And unbelievably, without Russell Westbrook, his usage is down. Is he just completely pissed off that maybe he secretly did request, request, try again, request a trade and they didn't do it? I don't know. I don't know what's going on. He can't hit threes. His free throws were down in this game. He got seven assists, but everything else is dreadful. I don't think we should view him as a top 20 player. Maybe not even top 30. It's really rough. And if you want to talk something that's rougher, Spencer Dinwiddie. Nine points in 31 minutes, 27%. Now, you know that I was well down on Dinwiddie, but I didn't expect this. I think in a 10-team league, Jack Armstrong, warm up those vocal cords, my guy. Get that garbage out of here! In a 12-team league, this dude's the 220th best player over the last two weeks. He's sitting back-to-back, -back, so he's not playing tomorrow. Can you do better? Probably. Is it better having Ish Smith or Cody Martin for the week? Yeah, probably. In general, the fact that he's getting 31-32 a night makes me go, I've got to hold. Something has to click. But he's been terrible. The fact that he doesn't hit threes, um, no rebounds... The usage is down. The overall efficiency is off. These are all the problems I had with him heading into the season. And somehow they've gotten worse. It's it's a real worry. Then he obviously struggled. Zero points in 16 minutes. Um, while Davis Bertans had a good game over the weekend. But uh, back to old Davis Bertans. Well, not old Davis Bertans. Back to new old Davis, Davis Bertans. Two points in 14 minutes on 14% shooting. For the Raps. Siakam was great, 31 points in 36 minutes with six rebounds. While the big sneeze, Precious Achua, one of his better games, 10 and 14, 31 minutes. Someone asked me on the pregame show, Josh, why are you so high on Achua now? Like, this is what I always said. Like, I'm not. I don't think that he is a particularly good player. I don't think that he's a long-term guy that we need to get excited about. But the opportunity is there, and he can put up some numbers. 10 and 14. But don't get sucked in. He's not a 12-team league guy. He's still 219th over the last two weeks, despite playing 31 minutes a night. You've got to be punting field goal percentage pretty hard to use him. And when Birch comes back and Ananobi comes back, he might play 20 minutes. All right, so it's a streamer for deeper leagues, and that's it. But this was a good game. It was also a good game for Chris Boucher. 14 and 6 in 18 minutes. Don't do anything with that. And Delano Banton added 6 assists. Well, it was a, a poor game from Scott Barnes. Now, Barnsey had been playing really well, but he struggled here. 11 and 6. These are the bad games from Barnes. Where I go, oh, where's the usage? No threes. Only one assist. 
His assists have been down on expectations. It's just that everything else has basically been up. Minutes and points and usage has been much higher than anticipated, as has efficiency. Um, 11 and 6 is not a good game. We still hold. And oh, are we there yet? No, we're not there yet. But oh, my God, Gary Trent. Nice, Gary. Six points, two threes, one steal. The insane steal rate, which had no chance of maintaining, has not maintained. The problem that I consistently told you that I had with Trent was when he's inefficient shooting and when he's not hitting 48% of his shots and he's taking too many and he's hitting 38% of them, there is no value there. Six points on 25% here. He did have three assists, which is useful. I'm not dropping Gaz, but he is, over the last two weeks, the 150th ranked player in 33 minutes a night. These are, this is the stretch of time that we saw literally all last season why I did not believe he was a draftable 12-team league guy and why that, you know, foolishly, I said that he was a drop earlier in the season. We will see where he ends up this year. He's been well above expectations, but just so you've got an idea what I saw or what I didn't see in him, this is what I saw. These are the numbers that he's did so often last year that made me not convinced. Fred Van Vliet, only 33 minutes. It was a blowout. He didn't need to play. 10 points, 33%. It was a shit night for him as well. Um, amazing they got through with, with such a big win with shit nights from Barnes, Trent, and Van Vliet. Siakam really carried them uh, with a pretty big performance, which is great to see Pascal doing that because he hasn't really been uh, at his best so far this season. But I'll tell you what is at its best always this holiday season. That is Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar, what is it? The best tasting protein bar ever. I've got a new um, I've got a new catchphrase for Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar execs and ad merchants, if you're watching, instead of Bilt Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever, Bilt Bar, we're built different. What do you think? They are built different. And you're going to be built different if you start taking Bilt Bar because it is not only high in protein, but it's low in fat, low in sugar, low in carbs. It's fantastic. Low in calories as well. It's a great Christmas gift for those of you in your family who are athletically inclined or health conscious. What a great treat to fuel up after a gym session or when you're bashing up people at the mall to try and get the last PlayStation 5. Don't do that. I don't encourage bashing people at all. But Built Bar is going to fuel you up whatever you need. Get Santa to throw a couple of his bars in, in your pantyhose. Stocking. Stocking, that's the word. Whatever your favorite flavor is, Built Bar has everything there for you. They're amazing. They taste delicious. Get them now at Built.com by using the promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. Built Bar, we're built different. You can have that one for a fee of $10,000. Thanks, Built Bar. But if you want to make $10,000, obviously that's a disclaimer that I'm not going to back up at all. BetOnline is the place to go for, for your football bets, your basketball bets, whatever it is. It is the number one spot for all of your sports action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website and sign up using our code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome deposit bonus. From basketball to football, the NHL, boxing, the UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all of the great offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to place all of your bets for your favorite sports, Bet Online is where the game starts. Let's go to the next game, the Charlotte Hornets and the Atlanta Hawks. What a massive, massive win this is for the Hornets with everybody out in those COVID protocols to do it on the road against the Hawks, 130-127. No Rogier, no Ball, no Plumley, no McDaniels. Miles Bridges went bananas. 32 points in 40 minutes, 73% shooting, four threes, four assists, three steals, and a block. 
He's the 30th ranked player this season. Great to see him getting back on track. Cody Martin's a 12-team league guy. Nine and six, four assists, three threes, and two steals. Let me rephrase, while players are out. Ish Smith is a 12-team league guy while players are out. 18-5 and seven with two threes. PJ Washington Jr. played 38 minutes despite coming off the bench behind Nick Richards. Don't worry about when they announced Nick Richards as a starter. It doesn't mean anything. Washington had 13-11 with two steals and a block. How his minutes look when Mason Plumley is back is a big question. But for now, we roll with it. Well, Kelly Oubre, man, the Hawks announces. I love Bob Rathbun, but he couldn't have said Kelly Oubre's name anymore. Are the Hawks trading for Oubre and they're trying to butter up their fan base? I don't know what was going on. Man, Oubre is a marksman. You don't want to let Kelly Oubre get hot. Kelly Oubre is so deadly. Like, is he though? Not, not really, but they were talking him up amazingly. And it's funny, he had 28 points with six threes. He did it on 65% shooting. Somehow, he went 0-4 from the line. He's been very up and down. This is a great time to have him, but it's also a great time to sell high. While Haywood had 18-5-3, James Booknight played six minutes and then never was seen again because, honestly, he is nowhere near ready for the NBA. I don't believe he's going to be a good player ever. I don't even think he's a buy-low dynasty guy, to be honest, because people who invested in him in dynasty did it at a high price, and they will not be as off on him as I am. I don't think. JT Thor also got some rotation minutes. I think Thor is going to be an interesting player. I think he's going to be better than both Booknight and Kai Jones. I don't know that for sure, of course, but he is. A, it's a long way away, but it's interesting to see him get those minutes over Kai Jones um, when they play him there. He's a, he's a very interesting player. For the Hawks, the Baptist, Johnny Collins, 31-12. and 12, Big game from him. Collins has been amazing. 13th ranked player over the last two weeks, while Trey Young, 25-4-15, and 15, and Fanapans had 28 points with seven threes. Now, there is... That's Kevin Herter for the uninitiated of you. Um, there is only two games for the Hawks this week. You don't do anything with, with Collins and Young. You don't drop them or anything. Herder, you still, I think you've got to roster him because it's not just for this week. It's for the next five weeks until Hunter and Bogdanovich return. All right, you've got to roster him. Someone like the Italian cock, Danilo Gallinari. Hands off my cock! 17 in 27 minutes. I don't think that he's a must roster with two games. The same goes for a Delon Wright or a Timotei Luawu Cabro who had 12 in 39 minutes and two blocks. Now, they're good numbers, but with two games, I wouldn't bother with that outside of just an occasional stream. But for Herder, the value extends further than just this week. Clint Capella had 8 and 14. Rough night from him. He's been so up and down. He has like weeks where he's like the 120th best player. Then he's the 10th. And now he's the 80th. His last two weeks, he's 64th. Like he's all over the shop. Just when we think that he's figured it out and the usage is going to climb and the field goal percentage goes up, he does nothing like this. He's been one of the most inconsistent players in the NBA this season, which I think the opposite we could have said for him last year. Solomon Hill left after four minutes due to a hamstring injury as well. All right, so let's go to the last game of the day. The New Orleans Pelicans. They lose to the surging Houston Rockets. Six straight wins for the Rockets. Wow, amazing stuff. And they did this one without um, starting Christian Wood at center. Let's go to the Pelicans first. Ingram was great, 40 points in 38 minutes. After that real yeah, poor stretch that he had over the last week, I think he was on the buy low, sh low show last week. He's been great. The shots are falling. Big game from him, while um, Jonas Valanciunas. Jonas Valanciunas. 32 minutes, 17 and 10, three blocks, 64% shooting. People panic so early. That's someone asked me in the first half of this game, hey, do I drop Valanciunas? Why is Hernan Gomez taking all of Valanciunas' minutes? In the end, it's 32 minutes Valanciunas, 16 minutes Hernan Gomez. Billy Hernan Gomez, people love him, and he had like 11, he had a double-double in the first half. He did jack shit after that. He had 10 and 14, and the numbers look great, but on court, he, he is, has so many issues. And I have real problems with thinking that a bloke who plays 15 to 16 minutes a night is a 12-team league guy. He can be a permanent monster, and he can be, but 
And if Valanciunas gets injured, then sure. Right, but this is a guy that over the course of his career can put up numbers, but it can be a real liability offensively and defensively at times with his inability to shoot and, and poor passing. He's like a Marvin Bagley type contributor, just points and rebounds. And that looks flashy and it looks big. 10 and 14 looks good. The two, and two steals are nice. But I just don't think that it's a 12-team league scenario. Well, Valanciunas ended with 32 minutes, so no panic there. Herbalife Jones, only the 22 minutes, but had three blocks and a... Um, and a steal, he fouled out, hence the low minutes. While Garrett Temple, I don't know why this bloke keeps getting minutes. Five points in 32 minutes. He just looks atrocious out there. He should not be playing at all, let alone starting. While Devontae Graham, speaking of looking atrocious, nine points with three threes, 23% shooting. 122nd ranked player this year. I think I had him at about 110th or 115th maybe before the start of the season. I was not as high on him as some others were, but he's looked worse than I anticipated. And I think when uh, Zion comes back, he won't be a 12-team league guy. He's already a 10-team league drop. And Nikhil Alexander-Walker, I've said it a few times. Let's just say it again, though. Get that garbage out of here! Five assists is nice. Three threes is nice. 23% shooting's rough. He is 164th this year. He's just a streamer for points and threes. Remember when Trey Murphy was yeah, starting preseason games and looking great, and he's just been shocking. Like, I don't know what the hell's going on. Zero points, zero of six shooting. He looks bad. He looks really bad. And I don't know why he looks so bad. I can't really make sense of it, unfortunately. Um, so that is the Pelicans side of things. No Josh Hart, of course, in this one. On to the Rockets. Eric Gordon and Christian Wood both had 23 points. Now, they did decide initially to start Armani Brooks, but they changed it up, and they started Daniel Tice instead. So they went back to the Tyson-Wood combination. And I know they've won six in a row. It's still dumb to do it. It's still dumb to play Tyson-Wood together. You've got a bloke on the bench. I know he had extreme foul trouble, the delicate dancer, Alperen Sengun. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. But I have to think at some point he's getting 25 minutes a night. I don't know when that's going to be. In the end, Sengun had 5,008 minutes, but he ended with 5,017 minutes. They played him down the stretch next to Wood. 10 and 4, a steal on a block, 4 or 4 from the line. In only 17 minutes, he is the 137th ranked player over the last two weeks. But to me, he's a luxury stash. Unlike Billy Hernan Gomez, who's playing those 17 minutes, I don't think that Hernan Gomez is going to start playing 25 minutes. I do think that will happen for Shengun. But if you're looking for current production, he's not a hold, and I don't know when this is going to happen. I don't know when those minutes are going to come. So it does make it tough. Garrison Matthews, 31 minutes, 13 points, four threes. That's all very nice. He's fine as a short-term guy. Do not pin your hopes. Some, I've heard people ask me, hey, do you think that they'll start him and bring Jalen Green off the bench? Like, no, I don't. And if they do, he'll start like Nick Richards started and played seven minutes. Like, he won't be a guy that's going to cut into Jalen Green's playing time. I, I cannot see how that happens. Right, so for now, short-term stream, no worries. Good three-point streamer, awesome. But don't look long-term. The wild thing, Jay Sean Tate, he had seven assists, but that insane production from the last two games was never going to stick, and it didn't. He's still a must-hold, obviously, but he was the third-ranked player over the last week. That was insane, and it wasn't going to remain. 11-5-7, no defensive stats, didn't attempt a free throw. He still is a 12-team league guy, but I can easily see a scenario where he doesn't become that later in the year. For now, he's a hold. Um, Armani Brooks, I thought he was going to start, but then he didn't. Two points on 14% shooting, that's pretty rough. And then uh, KJ Martin had nine and six, but not much else. But great of the Rockets, who started one and 15 to win six straight. Six straight. What a um, what a wild swing in terms of where the value lies for someone like uh, the for the Rockets, just for their entire organization. Let's oh, that's the wrong screen. Oh, spoiler. Let's bring that up in a second. We're looking at the monstrous line of the night. First up, Miles Bridges wins it narrowly. 
Um, the waiver wire line of the night goes to his teammate, Cody Martin, who is a 12-team league guy at this point. Young gun of the night is Evan Mobley. And the dud of the night is... Had a few options, but we're going to go with Jordan Clarkson. J-O-R-D-A-N-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N. The top 10 players in nine category leagues today, it was Bridges. It was followed by Darius Garland, Brandon Ingram, uh, Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, John Collins, Trey Young, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Kevin Herter, and Jarrett Allen. The top uh, performers rostered in under 50% of leagues. You've got Cody Martin and Nish Smith, 12-team league options for sure. Eric Gordon and Rudy Gay, more 14-team league guys. Precious Achua, more um, or Achua, more 14 to 16. Chetty Osmond's a 12-team streamer. Timotei Lawawu Cabro, not interested. Dylan Gallinari, streamer. Uh, Billy Hernan Gomez, like 14-team league guy. And Daniel Tice is just a deeper league uh, player as well. And then our top 10 players in the old points leagues, Ingram at one, Bridges two, Garland three, Gobert four, John Collins at five, Trey Young six, Don Mitchell seven, Valanchunas at eight, Jared Allen at nine, and Pascal Siakam at ten. Guys, that will do it for us today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the old Odyssey app. If you're here on YouTube, drop a Watfo below, give it a thumbs up, leave a comment, and subscribe. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.